Hello, this is Jonathan Ward with Altius Building Company. On today's Closed Boards, we'll chat with Steve Tate with Revel Investments regarding how to create value in multifamily developments. Steve, thank you for joining me today. Steve is a managing partner for Revel Investments, founded in 2017. Revel Investments is a sponsor and manager of real estate investments, offerings for accredited investors and institutions seeking income-oriented alternatives to public markets. Revel Investments' current portfolio includes $65 million in assets in Milwaukee and St. Paul. Uh, Steve, we've had the opportunity to work on uh, two multifamily projects together. We completed the 665 Brookfield project with 24 units, which is now fully leased, as well as the uh, Broadacre project, which we just broke ground in June in Oak Creek with 118 units. And we've managed to successfully uh, get these projects uh, off the ground in spite of some, uh, some trying um, uh, economic uh, headwinds, uh, one, one during a, uh, a pandemic, uh, and then the other in this uh, inflationary environment. To tell me a little bit more about uh, how you think uh, we've been able to navigate these waters and uh, what you think opportunities are for creating value in multifamily. Well, good morning, Jonathan, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be part of this. And, uh, and uh, well, the first answer to that question is uh, to navigate difficult transactions is to surround yourself with tremendous people who are able to execute and uh, we, that you work well with. And uh, Altius uh, has been just that from Rebel's perspective. So that's the most important thing, uh, surround yourself with good people and good partners. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, glad to be working with you on those two projects. Um, I, I think the, when you're, when you're, the pandemic, let's cover 655 first. Um, I think the key in that environment was um, looking at a project in a, uh, first of all, an infill location, a uh, smaller infill location, acre site, which um, I think is a trend that I see we're going to continue to see more and more as we, as we move forward um, and developing um, you know, the, the right fit uh, unit mix, not only unit mix, but right size building. Um, in the right municipality where you can drive uh, uh, the rents that you need to, to drive to uh, generate the income that you need. Um, so it starts with kind of the, the fundamentals, the real estate fundamentals that we, that you and I both know are important in any transaction. And then you, you know, uh, you, we pivot towards and try to uh, make sure that no matter what size the project is, that we are catering to and um, enhancing the customer, in this case, our tenants experience, um, in whatever building we're building. Uh, and that comes down to uh, not only the location, but just some of the amenities and some of the items that um, you and us have um, really intentionally decided to put into, no matter what size they are, um, all of our projects. Uh, so it really comes down to uh, our team, the real estate fundamentals, and uh, the cost delivering the, the customer experience uh, for the tenants when it's ultimately finished. Let's talk about some of those value-add opportunities. Um, I, I recently did a, uh, a little analysis on our solar panels over at uh, 665. So we put on solar panels, they cost us 85,000, and we now have um, seven months of data on the performance of those. Um, so our, 
our electric bill in January was $1,100. And our electric bill in June and July was a refund of $75. <laughs> so we actually generated more electricity than we used. Um, and those solar panels cost 85,000, but we immediately got a tax refund or tax credit of 22,000 and a focus on energy rebate of 5,000. So the net cost was right around 57,000. And the annual projected savings uh, is gonna be about $5,300. So at a 5% cap rate, that creates an additional value to the building of 107,000. So those, solar panels almost doubled their valuation uh, in the building. Um, so I, I really think that was something that was uh, eye-opening for us. You know, a lot of times, uh, especially with high construction costs, people are looking for ways to cut costs. And so it could have been very easy to say, you know, we can't afford $85,000 worth of solar panels. But in this case, it actually added $107,000 to the valuation of the building. Um, do you see other opportunities uh, that you can actually add value to your building? It, it's worth the investment to add value. Yeah, no, and, and this, that solar panel exercise you just walked through was uh, was eye opening to us as well. Um, and you know, if I'm being honest, I was a when we first started that I was a little uh, skeptical because it was something <laughs> new to me about the solar panels uh, and. Uh, you know, Followed your lead on that, and thankfully, uh, you know, worked out even better than I think you had forecasted it. So, um, you know, that you cited the the hundred thousand dollars of value, you know, today, and then I just think about the the savings, not only from a value standpoint, but from an operational standpoint as well uh, on the operating expenses. You know, going forward, I mean, that's just that's huge. It's a no brainer on, on on any future project. Um, you know, so in terms of other. Um, you know, cost savings or um, I should say investment measures. Um, I'm trying to think of ones we've taken. Um, you know, the, the, the a lot of the lines of electricity. You know, some of the EV charging stations, electric vehicle charging stations. We are proactively putting into our uh, projects. We did at 655, and we're also doing the same thing on a larger scale down in Oak Creek. Not only existing ports for uh, tenants to plug in, but planning for future ports. You know, I, I think. You know, depending on what that charge is, you know, for the tenants, I think in Brookfield, I think we agreed we were going to charge 75 bucks a month. Um, you know, you just project out five years and let's say half of those parking spots are, are uh, EV charging stations. We're getting an additional 75 um, bucks a month times 12 stalls over, over a year. I don't have my calculator up, but to your point about uh, added income and value, it's achieving the same result. Um, so that's just another example of the EV charging stations and driving revenue as small as it might be on an individual unit basis, uh, adds up, uh, over time and, and over, uh, over the units. Yeah. Another one, uh, we've, we've started doing, um, is the, uh, NSFA, um, sprinkler heads on, on both, uh, upper and lower, um, so that you're sprinkling the attic space as well. So it's an additional uh, cost up front, but then you save 15% on your uh, insurance. And those, those small dollars um, on a monthly basis, they really add up when you consider how low the cap rate is on multifamily uh, assets. Uh, so small dollars uh, matter, they matter a yeah, lot. Absolutely, and my, you know, my background, 
uh, or my, some of the experience I have in, in my career, you know, coming out of asset management, property management, and brokerage, the name of the game is cost savings, getting the cost as low as we possibly can up front um, to save on that, uh, save on those dollars up front. And um, so this is a bit of a changing of uh, the way I, my thinking uh, as I, over the last five years after founding Rebel, um, and it really has been eye-opening and has really um, uh, opened my mind to, to other opportunities to, to look to add some additional investment. I'm not going to, I don't even call it cost anymore. I call it investment um, sure. and drive that return on that investment over a shorter period of time and, and, and translate it into additional uh, income for the project. Let's talk about um, multifamily as an asset class for a, a minute. Um, so t- tell me a little bit more about Revel's assets um, and why you chose to do uh, more with multifamily. Sure. Great question. Um, originally, Revel was founded in 2017, um, you know, chasing and, and building a portfolio of uh, mixed-use creative uh, office retail buildings in, um, you know, uh, uh, historical neighborhoods, uh, specifically Milwaukee's historic third ward. Um, you know, we built a, a, a decent sized portfolio of those properties were performing very well for us. Uh, the pandemic hit. Um, we fortunately were able to navigate through it with our existing portfolio. But during the pandemic had a lot of time to think and reflect as to how we wanted to diversify our portfolio, um, not knowing you know, where the economy was going, what the market was going to be for retail and office space. Um, we attempted to um, you know, acquire uh, multifamily on the open market. As we all, you and I both know, and most real estate investors know, it's extremely competitive on the open market to acquire multifamily. And, and uh, you know, institutions and large private equity groups are, are chasing. There's an insatiable appetite for multifamily. That hasn't changed in the past, I'd say, eight, eight or nine years. Um, so we thought there had to be a better way. Um, and, you know, if we, we can't acquire them, then let's try and develop them and build them. Um, so uh, that's kind of how we, uh, and, and also at the same time, diversifying our portfolio in a, a completely different asset class. And, and one that would be a good hedge on our existing portfolio. Um, also, we, also a hedge on uh, inflation, um, you know, the projected inflation that was, people were talking about during the pandemic that we're now living in currently. Uh, it's come to resolution. So, you know, inflationary hedge against, uh, uh, you know, uh, against the uh, changing economy and um, just, you know, creating uh, value in, 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 in um, developing um, really communities. I mean, that's kind of the, the feel good piece of this too, that I, I, we don't want to lose sight of. And we know you guys don't either. And that's why we make good partners is, you know, enhancing communities through bringing projects like 655 and the Broadacre to uh, communities where um, that that uh, are thriving, um, have great school districts, um, have progressive and, and thought forward thinking leadership. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how we got into the game. So um, and then again, bringing a, a construction partner like Altius along with us. Um, Construction is not my background, not our background. We've uh, intentionally kind of remained developer and and construction company uh, agnostic, but finding the right partner and having a construction team like Altius on our team in an inflationary environment environment to keep tabs on costs um, was also 
um, another big reason for us to feel really comfortable about jumping into the multifamily development space. Where do you see that space going in the year ahead? Oh, I wish I had a crystal ball, Jonathan. Um, I think it's safe to say, um, and we're continuing to see it in the capital markets, even with interest rates rising, we're continuing to see uh, that huge demand for on the exit, on the sale of these multifamily assets in uh, for newer product. Um, on the on the larger side, in terms of unit counts, I would say you know eighty to hundred plus unit counts. There's still a ton of capital sitting on the sidelines. You know, so if there's a demand on the sale and exit side for these units, I think in the next twelve to fourteen months, even with higher interest rates, even with increased construction costs, we're going to continue to see sale of those assets um, on the exit. And as long as that continues, um, I, I think you're going to see um, developers continue to to move forward with, with delivering units um, into the marketplace. And that's just not, that's here in Southeast Wisconsin, uh, state of Wisconsin. I think that's, that's nationwide. Um, and the other thing that has not changed, I mean, that, the, the single family housing market is cooling a bit with the rising interest rates. Um, uh, so it's having some of the impact that the Fed is intending upon. But even with the cooling of a single family market, there still is a huge shortage of housing units nationwide. I think a recent article I read, if I'm remembering correctly, said 6 million in the United States alone. Um, you know, if you translate that down to our Milwaukee MSA, I think I did some back of the napkin math. I want to say it's like 15 to 25,000 units, depending on how you're looking at it, that were short just in our marketplace. Um, so it's, it's simple economics, you know, supply and demand. I think as long as the demand is there on the consumer side, I think we're also going to continue to see um, multifamily continue to, to increase and uh, stabilize a little bit just with the interest rates, but continue to, to rise and, and increase in, in value and in demand. Do you think there's a, an openness to developing uh, multifamily units? You know, typically uh, in the United States, a home has been viewed as a, as a single family home. Um, do you see that changing? I do. I, I think it's uh, been a slow evolution over the past, you know, ten years, and even as recently as five years ago, you still hear the, um, you know, the, the misperception that an apartment unit is not a home. I think that's an old school thought um, and a generational kind of view of it. Um, that's not a knock on, you know, the boomers or the late Gen Xers, but that's just home ownership for those generations was. Um, was was is super super important. Uh, it's not to say it isn't these days, but what the Gen Zs and uh, millennials are doing is delaying their purchase of a home later and later in life, and delaying their families later in life. So, um, and overall, what that's having the impact on again is that that demand for any types of of housing units, um, and with millennials and Gen Zers delaying their single family home purchase um, further and further in the future. It's just creating that demand for uh, apartment homes um, earlier, putting, putting it later and later into their, uh, their, their lifetime, um, those generations lifetime. So I think the, back to your original question, I think the perception is changing slowly, 
I still think we have a ways to go. Uh, I will say that the municipalities we have done work in are now, ta are now talking with are finally catching on to that, that the, that the housing supply shortage goes far beyond just single family homes. And if they want their communities to grow, they have to recognize and accept that they need to uh, de deliver housing units in any which way they can uh, through sound development and planning, but they need to increase density if they want their communities to continue to grow and, and build the tax base. Yeah, I think especially in these um, inner ring suburbs where the housing stock is starting to become you know, 50, 60 uh, some years old, um, they're starting to see a need in order to keep the tax base up to have some new investment. Um, and that probably looks at going to the next level of density and doing more multifamily to make sure that there is um, there is new housing stock available and that there's uh, new product available uh, because otherwise you have a, uh, a diminishing uh, taxable base. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm sorry. And the only thing I'll add to that too is the other argument I've heard against um, in recent years about increasing density is what is it gonna to do to all the existing stock of aging, I'll call it aging multifamily or multi, you know, even a duplex or a fourplex or eight family. My answer to that question is, it's helping those people out as well. If you're delivering new product and driving revenue and rents in those new product and there is demand for it, it's gonna help the owners of the older aging real estate stock raise their rents as well, increase, increase values. And when you have increased property values, the city and municipality benefits as well in terms of increased property taxes. So everyone wins in this environment. So I do think the perception is changing. It's just taking longer than I, I wish it was. Sure. <laughs> well, I think this is a, a good uh, discussion. I appreciate your time on it. I, I'll ask you one more question. So uh, what would we find you doing on your day off? <laughs> uh, well, today, I'm going to go back to my, this afternoon, I'm going to go back to my roots a little bit um, from born and raised in West Dallas and attending Wisconsin State Fair. Um, I will probably be eating a cream puff, <laughs> eating something on a stick, going down a big slide. Uh, and uh, my, my favorite part of the fair is actually walking through uh, the barns and seeing all the animals and uh, the kids who have raise those animals, you know, for years with the goal of trying to win, you know, the blue ribbon at the state fair and, and trying to get a scholarship. Um, not only is it, um, you know, rewarding to see and super cool to, 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 to see that and get those, those kids getting rewarded, but just to think of all the hard work that goes into that uh, for those kids. And, and uh, it, 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 it's rewarding for me to see and, and, and walk through those barns, uh, even though I, you got to dodge, dodge a few cow pies here and there. And, uh, <laughs> And, and plug your nose when you walk in at the first time. But no, that's what I'll be doing this afternoon. If I'm not on a normal day, I'm probably uh, uh, either uh, uh, active in some sort of uh, sporting activity, whether it's basketball or volleyball, um, whether it's playing or coaching, which I really enjoy coaching, um, or just sitting on my deck or patio, relaxing with my wife and over a glass of wine and uh, talking about our days and our kids and, and how, and how truly blessed we are as, as a, as a family and a couple. So. Great. Well, Steve, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, please stay tuned for future knowledge chat episodes with the Altius building company behind closed board podcast series. 
which features interviews, chats, and brews with building reviews. Check us out online or on our website at www.altiusbuildingco.com or on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Pandora. Thanks, everyone.